it's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-age kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids. But I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience adversity. Yeah. Here's your host, Danita Bailey. Well, welcome to School Days, help for moms and dads of school-age kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I'm back. Well, look who the cat dragged hey, in. How did I get here? <laughs> should honey, I be teaching a bunch of kids right now? You should be. Yeah, yes. but I'm not. I'm thankful for your boss to let you off. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Parms. So how have you been? Wow. Well, How's school been going? I do know how you've been, you know, since yeah. we're married and we live together. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm, I'm just getting back into the rhythm of things, um, teaching finally the subjects that I love um, with the uh, group of students I love to work with. And uh, so uh, teaching Algebra one and Geometry uh, for middle school students um, and um, doing the highs and lows of that and learning how to I never had to plan two courses before at the same time, so just making adjustments there. Um, I haven't taught middle schoolers in about four or five years, so just you know, all the things I forgot about are coming back. The challenges there, but it's it's been good, um, and looking forward to seeing how we're going to grow these kids this year. So, oh, good. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. You've had Thank a lot you. of challenges. Yes. Yes. But it's good. Though. Well, not your own personal challenges, just you know. With the, with, well, never mind. <laughs> okay. You're yeah. not going to help me out at all, huh? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, there's the highs and lows of, I mean, it's middle school and it's, they're trying to hold on to the childhood, but mm-hmm. trying to be grown, but then not quite, and, you know, it's, it's a lot going on, so. Yeah, every time I tell somebody my husband teaches middle school, they go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but I, what I, I like about it is, now, seventh and eighth grade, particularly eighth grade, is like the last year before they really mold into who they're going to be mm-hmm. and the type of habits they're going to form. They're going to, you know, the type of students they're going to be, they're going to be that for the most part through high school. And it's the last chance to kind of tweak them so that they're ready to have success, not just in high school, but getting ready for college and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a good opportunity. Yeah. Plus, I'm working them and, you know, I don't do multiple choice in math. Um, and so, that some are not too happy with me because I'm actually making them think and mm. apply themselves and, you know, not this multiple choice stuff. Mm-hmm. As I say, you know, my seven-year-old daughter can bubble a letter doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Show me the math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> show me the money. Yeah, show me the money, yeah. <laughs> so show me the math. And so, anyway, it's good. It's good. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to have you back. I'm good to be back. Well, today's show is about adolescent dating violence, and the statistics are staggering. Let us read you a few of them. Roughly 1.5 million U.S. high school boys and girls admit to being hit or physically harmed in the last year by someone they were romantically involved with. About one in three U.S. teens uh, ages 14 to 20 have been victims of dating violence, and about the same number say they have committed relationship violence themselves. 43% of reported cases of dating violence occurred in a school building or on school grounds. 
81% of parents believe teen dating violence is not an issue or admit they don't know if it's an issue. So you've been teaching for 11 years now. Have you had any experience with any students that you can recall? Um, uh, dating violence? Mm -hmm. Not that I know of. Or control uh, or pressure? Well, I mean, well, at the middle school level, you see, a, you know, the more of the effects of relationships than you do at, you know, sixth grade uh, level. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely see the, you know, I see guys, you know, date a girl a month, mm. you know, and, you know, I don't know why they broke up so quickly. Um, you definitely see girls that are burdened and, you know, from a breakup. And, you know, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, mm -hmm. but. Um, You're also a, a male teacher, though, so you you might not be somebody that they would confide in necessarily. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, you know. I do see I see the effects of it on their ability to learn, mm -hmm. um, not knowing the full story. But you know, when something is happening, um, besides just the academics, it does have an, it does have an impact on their ability to focus and have academic success. Um, if you're just broke up with somebody and you're trying to focus on, you know, my, you know, algebra formulas or my geometry theorems, that's going to be kind of hard to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. Well. This is a very interesting topic, and um, I'm thankful that we have these guests here today because yes. they have a lot of experience in it. But before we go any further, let me just say that it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or negative advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in, and add the hashtag School Days Show or hashtag I Am School Days. And also, we do want you to be a part of the show. So if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 214-431-5062 or find us live on Facebook at Noggin, that's N-O-G-G-I-N Foundation, and you can gr drop us a question there. So without further ado, let us introduce our guests. You can go first, Dave. All right, so I'd um, like to introduce Tiffany Salazar. Um, she has been working as a school counselor and private therapist since 2012 and is a solution-based narrative counselor, believing that a problem behavior is not a fixed behavior and that change is possible. Um, she is currently the lead counselor at Haltom High School in Birdville ISD. She has also been a high school counselor at Pascal. Is that how you say it? Pascal. Pascal. Um, Pascal High School in Fort Worth ISD and has served uh, the at-risk students at Everman Academy High School in Everman ISD. In private practice, she has worked with victims and perpetrators in violent relationships, as well as a wide variety of uh, concerns with depression, anxiety, and mood disorders. She works with couples, families, and individuals to help them find their best self and highest level of functioning and satisfaction in the world. So thanks for being with us, uh, Tiffany. We're so glad you're here with us today. Thanks for having me. And Stephanie Springer Threats has seven years of experience as an elementary counselor and 13 years of experience as a high school counselor. She is currently a counselor at James Bowie High School at Arlington ISD. Ms. Threats holds a Bachelor of Science in Education, English Education, from Southern Arkansas University and a Master of Arts in School Counseling from Louisiana Tech University. She is a member of Leadership Arlington, a nonprofit organization whose mission is focused on the development of the next generation of community leaders. Ms. Threats is certified is a certified 
clinical <laughs> trauma practitioner and a trust-based relational intervention practitioner. That's a mouthful. Miss <laughs> Threets conducts an annual teen dating violence workshop at her school to educate students about healthy dating relationships. So thanks so much for joining us again, actually. Thank this you. This is your second time joining us. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So we'd want to go ahead and jump right in. We do want to say that uh, parental discretion is advised for this episode because we will be discussing some topics that might be a little bit too sensitive for little ears. So keep that in mind. So, okay. So, um, what is dating violence? Let's start with the definition of that. Well, it's a pattern of abuse. Um, it's a pattern of abuse that usually occurs over a long time. Uh, the intent is usually to gain and maintain control over someone. Um, and dating abuse occurs um, from the perspective of males and females. Both males and females can be perpetrators or victims. Interesting. Can, so I was reading an article, can, I know that dating violence has to do with power, exerting power. Is it possible for it to be mutual? I've read that, you know, some people kind of place the blame or the pl blame is placed by the partner on themselves, like saying you're abusing me too. Can there be mutual um, abuse? Yes, I think, I think that it is possible that both um, parties in the relationship are abusive to one another. Mm -hmm. um, We've seen it in adult relationships as well as in teen relationships. I think it comes down to one person may be exerting control and the other person isn't allowing it and they're not afraid to fight back. Mm -hmm. um, I think it also happens that both parties are not mature enough to maybe recognize what healthy boundaries in a relationship are. And mm -hmm. so they're both in that place where they want control and um, to, to be able to be the one that knows what's happening with the other one all the time. It comes from a place of insecurity. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are the different types of abuse that can occur in relationships? We can have verbal, mm -hmm. physical, emotional, sexual. I think it usually starts with verbal and emotional abuse and then it evolves um, over time. Mm -hmm. What is, um, is there such thing as financial abuse and what, what would that even look like? Someone... Um, withholding your opportunities or trying to prevent you from getting a job um someone withholding um money from you for certain things um for example uh, a teen may not want a, their boyfriend or girlfriend to get a job not only because um, that limits your finances but also because you're away from me and i want you with me all mm. of the time you know, so mm -hmm. it's an, also an effort to isolate um, the victim. Right. And then in adult relationships, it's managing the, the money and the income so that you can control what they're doing and how they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So what are the warning signs that you need to look for to um, kind of identify that somebody is experiencing uh, dating violence? Well, we've had students who um, have complained about someone constantly texting them all the time. Where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? Um, someone who horseplays a lot, um, and that can be downplayed. The perpetrator may, um, you know, hit someone, slap them, and then say, oh, I'm just playing around. Don't be so sensitive. Well, that's abusive. 
you know, and that has to be taken seriously. And those are just some a few of the many examples um, that someone needs to be on the lookout for. Controlling what you wear and how mm-hmm. you dress. Um, sometimes that's seen as, oh, he or she cares about how I look. They want me to look my best. But that can be a red flag that's moving into, uh, I want to control you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other warning signs are there? I think from an outsider's perspective looking in, mm-hmm. if you're seeing changes in in your child's normal behavior, if your child previously was gregarious and going out with friends and was active and involved at school and lighthearted and having fun and you felt like you know it was just easygoing and suddenly that starts to change and they become more withdrawn from their friendships, from their activities, um, even from their schoolwork and even activities with the family, then that may be a sign that the relationship that they're in is problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some school-focused behaviors, things that you might see um, regarding academics or school attendance and things like that that are going to be red sign, uh, red flags? Mm, high absenteeism, mm-hmm. um, inability to focus and concentrate, Teachers may see um, aggressive behavior, uh, increased irritability in the classroom. Mm. And those could also be signs that there's a troubled relationship going on. I mean, it could be signs of many things, but that's one of them. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why um, dating violence can be overlooked is because we look at certain things and we um, automatically attribute it to another problem, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, a student may check out mentally and emotionally by putting his or her head on the desk. Um, they may seem to a teacher to not be present in the classroom, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a dazed look. Mm-hmm. And that could be attributed to, oh, I think that they have attention deficit or, oh, they're just not paying attention. But there could be something serious, emotional and mental that's going on with that child that could be the result of a problematic relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, and those behaviors are always going to be a red flag that something's going on and Mm -hmm. you need to ask questions. Mm -hmm. What about a schedule change request? You know, are they allowed to do that? And well, Sometimes, I mean, yes. that could be a, a red flag. Most of the time, we're not going to acknowledge that, and we're not we're not going to give them that schedule change, mm-hmm. um, especially if they're requesting. One thing um, I think that you have a good point is if attendance becomes an issue and both parties of the relationship are in school together and they're both skipping classes mm-hmm. at the same time, that's a, a sign. It's like, okay, you used to go to class all the time. Now suddenly you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else going on. And it may not be abusive, but it is certainly not healthy right. that that person is having the power over that other child to say, no, 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 let's not go to class. Let's go Let's go skip. Let's go hang out at the stairs or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, you know, so I know sometimes I'll have a student say, you know, can I go to the bathroom? And they're just gone. I mean, mm-hmm. for like 15 minutes. And I don't know, appropriate this is or not. I'll say, "What takes you long? Did did you poop? I mean, what? I mean, wh- why are you gone so long? I mean, gone for fifteen minutes. You, you have some issues there." Um, and so, uh, I, I do see, you know, when you hear about, uh, you know, we we have, you know, we um, hear about, well, a student goes out, then I'll get, I'll be told later or something that another you know, student's roaming the hallways or they're hanging out with a girl or. You know notifications that hey you got to watch out because it's hanging out by the bathroom area you know so 
uh, stuff happens in rooms that are rooms that are unattended. You know, there's so many different nooks and crannies within schools that kids can mm-hmm. sneak into, and you know, Lord knows what's happening there. So you know, I'm I'm experiencing it, you know, firsthand, like right now. Mm-hmm. Not right now, right now, but mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. in the yeah. present. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, are there certain groups of kids that are more at risk for um, dating violence? You know, I did some research into that, thinking, okay, there, there must be some. And there are some situations, if there's a family history of abusive relationships, you know, there may be some predisposal to that. But honestly, anybody, mm-hmm. anybody is at risk of, of possibly being an abuser and of being in a situation where they're abused. Mm-hmm. Um, kids that identify as um, LG. BTQ or LG, did I get that right? LGB, <laughs> are they possibly more at risk? I don't think that that's necessarily mm-hmm. um, makes it a high risk factor at all. Um, dating violence occurs along all lines of culture, socioeconomic statuses, and I think it's important to stay away from stereotyping it Mm -hmm. to a certain culture and group and Mm -hmm. and all of that so no i don't think so of course we know that girls um the high there's the a higher percentage of girls who uh, report being abused um, over boys but even with our males you know we can neglect that they can be abused as well Mm -hmm. and often are um, but because of how we view males in society um, they don't always receive the help that they need Mm -hmm. and as adults we have it in our head that abuse is physical or sexual Mm -hmm. we don't spend a lot of time thinking that for our teenagers Yes, there is physical and sexual abuse that occurs, but more often it's going to be that verbal and emotional abuse. And the kids aren't even thinking that they're being abusive. They think, I love you. I want to know where you are. I love you. I care about what you look like. I love you. I want you to spend all your time with me. Mm -hmm. And that goes girl to boy, boy to girl, Mm -hmm. girl to girl, boy to boy. That idea, because they see it in their parents, well, that my parents spend all their time together. Mm -hmm. So that's what relationships are supposed to be. They aren't thinking that I'm, I'm cutting in on the rights of that other person to do their own thing. Right. Um, right. And that leads to more and more control or the need for more and more control. And then it, it gets into a place where now we're also introducing the possibility of anger mm-hmm. when the other person doesn't do mm-hmm. what they mm-hmm. want or insecurity because you didn't answer my test right away. Normally you answer my text right away. Mm-hmm. Our kids are getting into relationships younger and younger and younger yeah. Yeah, and they are, are ill-equipped yes mm-hmm. and so as a response they go to the control area mm-hmm. as opposed to being taught proper and healthy boundaries mm-hmm. about relationships and right. how to manage emotions yes you know you know there's already a lot going on just their bodies are changing and you know just they're not fully developed yet and it's hard enough as an adult you know to manage mm-hmm. our emotions mm-hmm. um I know we, you talked about the about the financial uh, side real quick. Um, is there a piece where maybe from a socioeconomic standpoint, maybe one person comes from a more, uh, wealthier background than maybe the person they're dating, um, and kind of maybe holding that over their head? Or uh, have you ever seen or experienced anything like that um, in your experience? Like maybe when one person's parents are rich and another person's parents are not or maybe one has two parents and one has comes from a single parent home and kind of weighing that against the other person have you ever seen that before 
I haven't, um, but whatever means someone uses, it all resorts back to I need to control you. So they're uh-huh. going to manipulate and use whatever means is is available to them. So I don't I don't see that not happening, but yeah. I haven't had that in my experience. Yeah. So uh, this is a term that I came across that I actually never heard of before, gaslighting. What mm-hmm. is that and what are kind of the, some of the techniques in that? Psychological abuse. So someone who gaslights is basically twisting the other person around mentally and emotionally to make them doubt themselves. Um, why are you being so sensitive? Or that wasn't a big deal. I didn't do that. I You're crazy. You I hate you, when you do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the other person starts to really doubt themselves and doubt their own sanity. And that's what the abuser mm-hmm. is trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as the abuser can weaken the other person, well, that strengthens the abuser, the maintaining of that control and power grows more and more and more. The um, victim is less likely to leave the abuser because now he or she has a dependence on him because something is wrong with me. Nobody else would love me. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. <clears throat> And, and so it's it's um, very manipulative it's emotionally. Ri- it's writing a negative narrative of that other person. And so to the point where it is so repetitive and so constant and so niggling. It's not even specific things. It's just this little niggling, constant thing that, like you said, creates this psychological inferiority in the other person that they don't know if they're coming or going their Mm -hmm. reality it literally happens over such a long period of time that the reality of what they believe to be true about themselves changes Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the the point of it is to confuse them into thinking that they're not being abused that somebody is not doing the things that they're doing well that they're not they're not emotionally mentally stable so Mm -hmm. they're they're questioning their own sanity Mm -hmm. that they're not worthwhile and i Mm -hmm. think when it, it starts, you know, it. I don't know that we could say this abuser for sure knows what they're doing. I think it starts as a way of, you know, reflecting responsibility to a situation where she's mad at, at me and now I need to respond and go on the attack and then on the attack and then on the attack. And what it does is they learn that now my partner steps back, backs away, and I'm no longer the one on the attack. Well, if I keep that attack going, she's going to continue to step back, 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 back. Mm -hmm. And then I don't ever have to worry about there being a conflict as long as I keep at this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that they're like, how how could I go about gaslighting another person? Right, right. right. I I think it it, it starts out very simply, and then it just grows and 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 they learn that it works. Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it works Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what, what is electronic dating violence? That we see a ton of. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that cyber, it's like cyber bully, bullying, but between dating partners or ex-dating partners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are some examples of that? Uh, so the con- I mentioned earlier the constant texting, mm-hmm. um, uh, stalking via uh, social media, uh, posting things on social media that um, are unwelcomed or not consensual. All of those are examples of um, uh, dating violence through social media and uh, electronic means. Mm -hmm. It's a couple getting into a fight and one of them going to a social media source and saying, I just hate her. She is so ugly. I don't even know why I'm going out with her all the time. Mm And then that gets torn down. So somebody else jumps on and sees that post and then they add to it, add to it. And then so then it becomes this flamed fire because now there's an audience 
to the fight and the other party oh, wow. is it spends time trying mm -hmm. to I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry please take it down please take it down delete it delete it delete it well I'll delete it but you can never do that again oh, mm -hmm. wow. so the whole relationship is played out over social media mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and also it can be taking pictures of the the partner that mm -hmm. are that would have been private but then or or even blackmailing them to say I'm gonna put these online mm -hmm. or I'm gonna text these to people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah if you break up with me all those pictures you sent me, I'm putting them online. Mm -hmm. You know. So what exactly is sexual assault? Can you define that for us? It's any kind of unwanted sexual contact. Anything that is not consensual, um, anything of a sexual nature. It doesn't have to be just intercourse. It can be any kind of touching of the sexual organs in any way, shape, or form that's unwanted. That's mm -hmm. good to note. It does not have to be penetration. Mm -mm. Mm -mm, right. Mm -mm. Is statutory rape sexual assault? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yes. what is define what statutory rape is exactly? Well, so statutory rape in the uh, state of Texas, the age of consent is seventeen, mm -hmm. and so um, if um, two people are having um, intercourse and uh, one is under the age of seventeen and the other is what three years or more older, that's statutory rape. Well, and that can be 16 to 17, because it, or at 18, 16 to 18, mm -hmm. we could have, there's only a two-year age gap, but that one person's 18 and the other person's under 17. That under 17 cannot consent. Even if it's consensual, mm -hmm. they wow. both want to be having sex. Mm -hmm. Right. That age gap means you cannot. This and I warn, and I have grown children now, but I, I told my kids. I you said, do? I do. I have a two wow. I know. Right. Who, who, who I know. I had target? to pause. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a college grown, grad. Wow. But <laughs> I told genes. my boys, I said, do not date a girl that's younger than you. I, even if you aren't having sex, if the breakup happens and she's mad, she could accuse you and it would be your word against hers. Mm -hmm. Do not date somebody underage. And the rules have changed. Every few years. It mm -hmm. used to be there was a one-year age limit. So if they were both under 17, it could be one year. Then there was a three-year rule. Uh, it's just best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, told them, you told your boys to go after those cougars, huh? <laughs> no. That is dangerous. <laughs> no. no. What I'm saying is someone older. I mean, I'm saying not younger. Not like 20 years. I mean, like... <laughs> Two years older. Two years older. Yeah. Well, they, they just had to be conscientious of, of age. Our kids must be conscientious yeah. of the mm -hmm. age of their girlfriend or boyfriend because it could have legal implications. I've seen it right. in schools. Right, yes. You know? And the state just says that, you know, and they don't have the emotional maturity to make right. that decision to engage in intercourse. They don't. And um, that's one of the reasons I think that we see dating violence is because teenagers just lack the emotional maturity to know how to communicate effectively, to make good choices and good mm -hmm. decisions. And then dating violence kind of stems from all of their own emotional uh, mm -hmm. immaturity. Mm -hmm. We are talking to Tiffany Salazar and Stephanie Springer Spreets, and they are both high school counselors, and they're answering your questions, if you have any, about uh, teen and adolescent dating violence. If you would like to chime in or ask some questions, our phone number is 214-431-5062. So what um, can and should we expect from the school if abuse is reported to have happened on school grounds, and what should we expect regarding safety from the abuser? 
Well, we'll first investigate. Um, our uh, counselors want to make sure that the students are okay. We also want to get help for the abuser. Um, the AP assistant principal will investigate. We have um, security officers on campus as well to investigate and then proceed to what may be the next step in um, punishment and consequences. Well, what are those different levels of consequence that could occur if something does occur on Students campuses? Students can be sent to um, alternative placement, um, whether that's alternative placement on campus or off campus. Uh, charges can be pressed as well. Um, we will do a schedule change uh, often um, because we don't want um, anyone to feel threatened within the classroom. So after we investigate, we've done schedule changes before as well. So can you tell us what title nine nine is and how that how that impacts te teen dating violence in schools well that's a complicated one right so oh. title nine is um that we cannot discriminate um so for instance we have um two parties in a relationship one feels that they've been harassed um sexually stalked um something like that and then the other party is the perpetrator and they say well you can't prove anything I haven't done anything well we need to have some consequences you're, this child saying you're stalking well no you can't so it gets sticky because some schools are like well we'll just move your placement you can be at another campus that could be considered discrimination and mm -hmm. that's what title nine is protecting against is that we can't discriminate we have to provide educational services for all students no matter what and without you know, legal charges being brought against that we have proof of this is what's happening and charges are being um, filed with the state, we can't make a placement change just because it's one child is accusing another mm -hmm. of abuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are the rights that are allowed under Title Nine? Well, Again, everybody gets equal opportunity to education. So what a school would say that they require yes. um, is if a person says, this person has sexually abused me, I have filed charges for sexual assault, we're going to contact a police officer within our campus, most likely, and they're going to pull the charges. And then with those charges, and we can see how the state is responding, we can make a recommendation for response at that point. We can't always just put a kid, like a parent wants us, that kid needs to be in DAEP, that alternative disciplinary placement center, mm -hmm. right? That kid needs to be sent off school, they need to be expelled. We can't do that. We cannot not educate a kid. Mm -hmm. And that's a difficult thing for parents to accept, They're like, but well, my child's been victimized. It shouldn't have to be that my kid has to go to school with that child. But sometimes that is the case. The law limits us in what we are able to do without charges being filed and a conviction being found. Mm -hmm. And then a thorough investigation, you know, as well, thorough investigation. So um, there have been times when even if um, charges have not been filed, schools, we still have to take appropriate measures to make sure that the students feel safe within the school as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I know in Arlington ISD, um, we now have a system um, that assesses all levels of threats in order to make sure that our students do feel safe and that we do take um, appropriate measures to ensure safety. And sometimes, you know, charges aren't filed, but we still put things in place to help students. Mm -hmm. So I think the key is due process. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and documentation of everything and all of our interventions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to ensure safety for everybody mm -hmm. and 
rights for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that also leads into if um, a student is being abused, you know, keep documentation. Um, we have students to show us texts pictures, mm -hmm. conversations back and forth. Um, those things are really, really important when we're investigating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and, and that's vital in order to assign any kind of disciplinary mm -hmm. intervention. Yes. Because we have to have proof to what's happened. Yes. Right. Um, are, is there any recourse that there's like false accusations? Um, has that ever happened where someone's just lying, just maybe they broke up with them and they want to, you know, out of spite or revenge, is there any recourse on that end? Well, we always, um, we, we have had that happen. Um, we get parents involved, of course. Um, we get the assistant principals involved. Um, and we talk to the students as well about the actions that they've taken. So we take that seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, so what are questions I can ask um, to probe if I'm concerned that my child is in, a, in an abusive relationship? Keep the lines of communication open, definitely, and don't move into um, making it about the abuser. You know, you want to let your child know that I'm concerned for your safety. You may even probe in uh, maybe hypotheticals. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think about a guy who's texting you in the middle of the night all the time? Or what would you do if you were in a relationship and your boyfriend or girlfriend wanted to spend all of their time just with you and you didn't get to see your friends as much? What do you think about stuff like that? So maybe probing in a very non-threatening way just to get your child's um, opinion, thought, um, and to see where their head is on those issues <coughs> would be really helpful. But you don't want to make your child feel guilty um, because they'll shut down you know you don't want to make them feel less than because they won't come to you and keep those lines of communication open I think the narrative has to start really early with our kids mm -hmm. um, we have to kids start dating dating talking to people in <laughs> elementary school right they and do. so we need to be teaching our kids starting in elementary school what appropriate relationships at that age look like and how it looks when they're in middle school and what it looks like when they're in high school. How should your partner be treating you? What is acceptable behavior and what is not? That has to be taught. Mm -hmm. The same way that we teach our kids how to read in preschool, we have to teach our kids how to be in healthy relationships. And that is really defining because the only you know thing that they're learning from is what they see in front of them. And a marriage is not what dating should look like. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so we have to distinguish that, yes, your mom and I, we spend all our time together, but we're married. We didn't always spend all our time together. When we were dating in high school, we each did different things, and they would football, and I had band, and we have to let them know that it's okay and it's healthy to not spend every minute together, mm -hmm. and you don't have to text in five minutes. Yeah. You know, we have to teach them those things, and that strengthens them, gives them confidence, and they know what to look for in a great partner. Mm -hmm. And teaching them that love is not abuse mm -hmm. is really huge. I, I think that's a huge problem um, is that if I am being, um, if he or she cares about me so much that they care about what I'm wearing, where I'm going, who I'm with, and they want to be with me all the time, they must really, really love me. Mm -hmm. You know, they just love me so much, but that's not love. Mm -hmm. And so parents need to help their ch children define what love is and what love looks like because love is not abuse. Yeah, right. love is not unkind words. Mm -mm. Love is not anger that causes them to push and shove you. Love is not... Um, cutting them down right and and it's not okay 
for them to come back and apologize. Say, I'm sorry, I just got so mad. That's not okay. That's not love either. Right. And that's not how people who love each other treat one another. And we've got to teach our kids that. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. So tell us what are some of the steps we can take if our child has been a victim of abuse? Speak to the counselor. Um, uh, depending on what has gone on, definitely get authorities involved. Um, talk to the authorities on campus as well. Um, you need to have people aware of what's going on. For example, um, if you have a daughter or boyfriend, a daughter or um, a son whose boyfriend or girlfriend is coming to the house, well, neighbors kind of need to be aware maybe of what's going on. They can keep a watchful eye out. You may need to change your child's uh, cell phone number, for mm. example. We talk to kids about um, in keeping safe at school, maybe even changing their uh, normal route that they take to and from class, for example. Mm -hmm. But the first key is letting people know what's going on so that you can get help. And as counselors, we're also going to refer you to the appropriate services so you can get help even outside of the school. And I think that's the key. Parents need to understand school counselors, we are good at immediate intervention. Um, and we may work with your kid for a long period of time, but we are not providing therapy. Mm -hmm. If a child has been in an abusive situation, either as the victim or as the perpetrator, because remember, they're kids. This is not a fixed behavior. Just because they were being abusive or have been abused does not mean that that needs to be what is always their reality. But we have to get them real counseling services that is not going to be one or two sessions because we have to change the way they're thinking about relationships and about their own behavior. Right, because st statistics say that if a child has been a victim of um, abuse as a teen or a preteen, there's a good likelihood that they're going to also carry that into adulthood mm -hmm. and and find another relationship where they're abused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if mm -hmm. we don't address without it. Intervention. Mm, yeah. without, without intervention. Without intervention, mm -hmm. right. Exactly. So um, <clears throat> because of fear and psychological abuse, it can be uh, a delicate balance convincing them that they need to leave. Uh, what advice do you give to parents regarding um, um, just how to approach that with their child and their expectations? I think it, you've got to have open-ended conversation and open-ended questions. It can't be mm -hmm. that the parent is telling them, you've got to get out of this relationship. You've got to figure out how to have this conversation so that it becomes the child's mm -hmm. idea. They need to come mm. to this realization themselves that this is not a healthy relationship. This is not what I want for myself. This is not how I want my love life to look. If they can come to that realization, then the parent can help lay out the steps for exiting. But it really needs to be open conversation so that the child can come to the realization that this isn't what I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This isn't okay. I'm not okay and I want to be better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some of the reasons that teens stay in dating relationships that are abusive? Teens can deal with their own depression. You know, if I'm already coming into a relationship and I am insecure and mm. I, you know, hook up with someone who is controlling me, you know, that person gains that power over me. Um, drugs and alcohol can play a role in dating violence as well. Um, you know, kids start experimenting really early now. Um, uh, 
So there are a lot of different factors. Uh, I think one of the things that I run into a lot, and last year we had a workshop um, at my campus, and we had two speakers to come in, an NFL player and um, a track Olympian, who came in and spoke to kids because kids misinterpret what love is. And we mm -hmm. just mentioned that a while ago, misinterpreting how love should look and how love should feel. And so they end up staying in relationships and not reporting the abuse also because they are uneducated about what abuse is. And I think we mentioned that earlier, constantly um, stalking someone to some is seen as he or she just wants to be with me all the time. They don't recognize that that's a red flag. Parents often don't recognize what the red flags are either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of social pressure for kids to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm. My friends all have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I want a boyfriend. And it starts out so discreetly, you know, just a little bit of, well, I just want to know where you are. I just want you to text me. I just, I'd like to see you between every single class because I just love you so much. Mm. And so it evolves so gradually and that control grows and grows and grows. And then before you know it, you've angered them because you didn't answer your text quick enough. And you've always, so you must be cheating on me. Now I'm <laughs> angry. Now I'm going to push and shove you. And oh my gosh, what just happened? Oh, but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. And now you've been dating for months and months, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, there were little things, but for months and months, it seemed really great. And then we had one little incident. And by now I love you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to leave. And that's a hard thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, um, I remember one girl saying that a boy told her, you know, no one else is going to want you. Mm -hmm. No one else is going to want you. You know, everyone knows that it's us. You and I are the item, you know. So that becomes a popularity thing that if she felt like if, well, if I break up with him, no one else is going to date me anyway. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going to let anybody date you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that control of saying, if you mm -hmm. break up with me, no one else will date you because I will make sure nobody else wants to date you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. For parents that are, you know, listening to this and maybe have younger kids like preteen, how young does this, have you seen this happen? Oh, and middle it, school. Mm-hmm. Yes, I haven't seen it in middle school. I um, worked with eighth graders ooh, many, many, many years ago, so and I didn't see it then. But I have no trouble believing that, yes, it starts early, you know, mm -hmm. as, as young as 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, eighth grade, I've seen kids that they don't know that that's what they're doing. Right. Um, but that is what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. The level of control that they want to have over their partner, that's these early stages of of, of dating violence right mm -hmm. and so don't you think it needs to be more of knowing parents and um you know family members talking to kids about what do i do with all of these strong emotions mm -hmm. you know because yes they do they fall in love what do i do with all these i do want to be with him or her all of the time and so they need to recognize when those boundaries are crossed you know when i decide to not be with you for something it's not okay like you said that you holler at me you scream at me mm -hmm. um or you text me all hours of the night or when i ask you to stop doing something you know that person should always respect your decisions yeah and i think when you get to that age late elementary, middle school, the conversation needs to start happening between parents and their kids, mm -hmm. what it will look like. If, if a girl starts talking about the crushes she has in school, well, what would it look like if you had a boyfriend? Mm -hmm. Have them 
define what they think the relationship needs to look like. So they already have an idea in their head. And when something veers from what that idea is that you guys worked out together, wait a second, that's not right. what I wanted. Talk about it. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Mm -hmm. It has yeah, to be set good. up in advance. Right. And it's not okay to just tell our children, just focus on school. Mm -hmm. Just focus on school. Just focus on school. All you need to do right now is focus on school. <laughs> you know, they do. They do need to focus on school. But the reality is that their school lives involve so much more. Right. And they need to be equipped with the skills in order to handle things socially. And if no one is talking about them, they don't have the skills. And they they need just to be don't. Equipped with them because they're going to eventually leave your house. Yes, and right. they need to be able to have healthy relationships. Know what healthy relationships look like when they get in college and beyond mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they need to recognize. And that this is a conversation. It's okay to talk to your kids about the science of what's happening in their bodies. Yes, I mean those hormone levels. That is a serious and real thing. And sometimes those hormone levels is what's driving them to want to be in a relationship, is what's driving them to do sexual things before they're ready. And we need to have open conversation about those. Those feelings are normal. They're driven for a purpose in your body. But we think that you need to be of a certain age before you can start really embarking upon indulging them. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because the kids need to understand. Because otherwise, they're just, if nobody talks to them about it, they're going to let nature lead. Right. 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 And right. that's going to lead to problems. Right. You know, I, I know I, I feel um, as a teacher kind of locked down on what I can say. I mean, I've had kids just a couple weeks ago say, Mr. Play, what sperm? I'm like, mm. Mm. How did that it, come into a math conversation? Ask your I, I don't know. <laughs> Some some kid made some off comment and I mean it, and they were sincere like, what is it? Mm -hmm. I'm like mm. you know and I'm trying to teach a math lesson here and I just found a way to kind of dance around that. Um, so you have to have a conversation with someone else about that, you know. But you know, but I mean, that's not a terrible answer, you know. Right, it's right, not. right. You know, but you know, as as teachers, I mean, you have kids, you know, if they're not getting that at home. They're not getting that perspective at home. Um, it's hard. And then as a teacher, you know, you know, we're, we're driven by data and test scores and all those things. But I see, I see what I see. You know, I, I know when kids are going through stuff, but, and it does impact learning. It, right. it has an impact on their scores, you know. And so I, I, I'm finding find out balance and, you know, I can't say, well, you know, they just broke up with the girlfriend and. So that's why the scores are low today, you know. So, um, you know, but it, it's real, you know, it it's is. real, it and, and I'm I'm seeing it, especially now that I'm back up in middle school. Um, I see I see the effects of it on kids, and you can see how life does impact the ability to learn and focus. Mm -hmm. And you do, as a teacher, you do have to tread carefully mm -hmm. um, and cautiously. Um, I would say always um, when there are concerns, um, you know, question the student. You know, ask the student, inquire because you care. And also always reach out to the parent. Um, our students will grow and get better through building of relationships, whether that's relationships with parents, if that's absent, relationships with um, teachers, trusted adults, um, coaches, for example, have great relationships with students right. as well. And so always reach out to the parents and find ways to incorporate um, social, emotional learning within the curriculum because it's, that's out there. It is, that's yeah. out there as well. And that's one way you can accomplish some of those social goals.
schools. But yeah. it is it is hard. There are some topics that we can do that with, but mm -hmm. then there's others. When a student comes in and asks the math teacher what sperm is, that answer yeah. is hard. Stay like, away from that one. Yeah, yeah. I, you right. know what? I'm not a science teacher. Maybe you should talk to the science teacher. Or, you know what? I can also let me – I can get somebody to talk to you about that. Would that be helpful for you? Because mm -hmm. yeah. I absolutely think that's a good question. Yeah. But that's not my content area. You can make it, you know, some live. Like, I don't, I don't know about science. I only know about numbers. You can right. be silly. <laughs> Right, a right. good answer. Right, and 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 then yeah. email the counselor and the parent and say, "Hey, your child asked about blah 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 today," mm -hmm. and the counselor's good because the counselor can intervene. A counselor can have a conversation with a kid that a teacher can't have. Right, right, and, right. and that's okay. Um, but I, th I, as as a counselor, I always want to look after my teachers. I don't want you to dig yourself a hole. Mm -hmm. Right. By answering a question, you're like, "Oh, that could be dangerous." Right. Right. They're not going to flip out their phone on me and catch me saying something crazy. Right. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> they do it. Good they looking do. out. Good yeah. looking out. Yes. Yeah. I do want to ask a couple more questions. We don't have a whole lot more time. I want to ask a couple more questions about involving the police. So um, one question is, if my child is a minor and has experienced abuse and does not want to press charges, can a, the parent press charges? Yes. 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 Okay. That's good to know. And then parents what have all rights to their kids. Yeah. No mm. matter what, parents, if that child's a minor, the parents have all of the decision making rights for everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, because the child may be like, oh, but I love him mm. and he didn't really do, you know, I wanted that to much. do it. And yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Yeah. That's good. And if you have to call the police, what are some important things to remember and to be prepared with? I guess if you're reporting abuse, you need the, the abuser's name and as much information as you the can facts. provide. Mm -hmm. The facts about what happened. Um, so here's where, when it comes to sexual assault, um, as, as abuse goes, we do not question kids. And I think that's a mm -hmm. key component in this. If your child comes to you and says, I was raped, or I, ha I had sex with my boyfriend, but I didn't really want to. Or I had sex with my girlfriend, I didn't really want to, and I'm confused about it, or whatever the case may be. The conversation really should stop there, mm. and the police should be notified because a forensic investigator is going to come in. What we believe about trauma, and you can back this up, is the more often that we tell that story, we are re-traumatizing, re-traumatizing, mm -hmm. re-traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And a parent is emotional. They're not going to know the questions to ask. A police officer, a regular police officer, should not be asking those questions. So protect your child. Mm -hmm. You need to wait until that forensic investigator gets there, and they are the only one that should be asking the details of the incident for the purpose of this investigation. So you're saying mm -hmm. not, a, so not a regular police officer? Not a regular police officer, a forensic police officer. If a regular police officer starts asking those questions, you as the parent, cut them off. Mm. No, I'm gonna wait till the forensic investigator gets here. Wow. I do not want my child to be re-traumatized by having to tell the story over, over and, and over and over again. That is so good. Mm -hmm. um, and so do you just have to ask, are you a forensic investigator okay. or because how would you know? Yes, well, and. Yeah, ask the question. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, ask the question. Okay, because maybe they send one instead of just sending a regular police officer. Usually or a, they have a, both? a police officer is going to respond because they're going to want to, I mean, they've got to secure mm -hmm. whatever. Um, the forensic team always takes a longer time to get there. We had an incident at school last year, and a child sat for six hours oh. waiting for a forensic investigator to show up, which is unacceptable. Yeah. But oh, my goodness. We, we keep them in a secure place, but it's it's – that's stressful, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. not what we want. And so 
um, as a parent, you've got to be an advocate for your child to say, hey, this isn't, I don't want to spend our whole day doing this. Right. Can we get that person here sooner? You know, um, but they're busy too. As, as the statistics show, what was it, every 73 seconds in the nation, there mm-hmm. is some kind of sexual or physical abuse that occurs. Wow. wow. One of the things you mentioned earlier on is to make sure you keep texts and um, any pictures or anything regarding uh, any physical abuse. Mm-hmm. So keep kind of a, a journal of those things or just make sure you don't erase anything um, so that they can be used as evidence and proof mm-hmm. that, um, that the abuse was uh, um, occurring. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the time what we see are friends that come in for their friend. They got a string of text messages that they are concerned about and they're the ones that save this text conversation mm-hmm. and they're the ones that will tell us and so sometimes those friends are good um, they're the person holding the evidence in mm-hmm. some cases mm-hmm. we hate to turn them into witnesses but right um, but you know I can say more often than not I've had um, uh, more of the the victims to still hold on to those things mm-hmm. you know part of that I think is is human nature in that um, it's like um, you know we have to educate our students on staying off of social media sometimes when negative stuff is is constantly posted about them and human nature keeps going back to it right and reading and going back to it and so oftentimes I see that kids hold on to all of those things which is good Mm -hmm. um, but I would also caution about constantly revisiting it Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, just in the last couple minutes that we have, um, talk to us about what are some of the hallmarks of a good, healthy relationship, the things that we need to be con- conveying to our our um, kids. You know, if I need want to hang out with my friends, uh, my boyfriend or girlfriend is okay with that. You know, my boyfriend or girlfriend does not try to make me feel guilty. And my boyfriend or girlfriend has their own friends as well. Mm. So we have healthy space, you know. Um, If uh, we're having a disagreement and I want to walk away from what is turning into an argument, my boyfriend or girlfriend respects that and Mm -hmm. does not try to block me from leaving a room Mm. uh, or try to grab me. You know, my boyfriend respects my, um, my body as well and does not try to coerce or force me into anything sexual that I don't want to be a part of and my boyfriend or girlfriend is also happy when I um, make achievements you know there are a lot of relationships where when one person is starting to soar you know jealousy kind of Mm. um, shows its its ugly head and that person doesn't like that because you're gaining independence from me but in a healthy relationship I want you to be successful Mm, those are good I think in a healthy relationship too um Yes, you're going to see this other, this boyfriend or girlfriend. They're going to want to hang out at your house on weekends, you know. But your child respects whatever boundaries you put down. Okay, but not on Sundays. Sundays are family day, whatever that case may be. And there's no fight. There's no argument. Um, It's looking at your kid and not seeing a ton of behavioral changes. If your child was never really, you know, married to their phone and now they're in a relationship and they're still not married to the phone, that's a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, when your kid is still doing all the same things that they were always doing at the same time intervals and now the only real addition is that you've got this kid that comes over to your house on Tuesday afternoons for two hours, 
that's okay. Um, they're also going to respect when you say, you know what, okay, it's time to go home. Okay, see you later, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the, the key is, is knowing that both parties in the relationship are respecting whatever rules the parents have. And I think it's an important thing for parents to know the parents of yes. the person yes. that your child is dating. Yes. That's so good. You need to have some kind of contact with one another. Share text or phone numbers, have a conversation, um, but you need to be in contact. Mm-hmm. That's and that's good. just true for friends as well. Mm-hmm. You know, these right. days when your um, child or is hanging out with other kids, you need to know who they are and who the parents mm-hmm. are as well. Mm-hmm. And keep your children involved in positive activities, whatever those positive activities are. Um, and this is, you know, for younger children, even prior to dating, because that creates a different type of connectedness with other adults and other kids. And so that that builds self-confidence in kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if your kid comes back and they've got a new girlfriend, they're like, I want to drop out of wrestling. What? You <laughs> love wrestling. You've right. been in wrestling for three years. Tell me what's going on. What's making you decide you want to do that? It's a conversation to have. Does it mean that there's something going on? Not necessarily, but it, it's a, re- a an early red flag that needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, what resources or online hotlines or organizations, <clears throat> excuse me, are available to help abused adolescents? Uh, Loveisrespect.org is a good one. Um, the Women's Center mm-hmm. uh, in Arlington is a great resource. We have them come out. They have a program called Play It Safe. And um, a lot of the schools in Arlington use them. Um, some our health teacher has them come our uh, teacher who deals with our students who will one day be teachers has those uh, presentations and they talk about healthy dating relationships they talk about sexual abuse as well yeah play it safe is in most of the school districts everman fort worth birdville arlington Mm -hmm. mansfield Um, they go out to all the schools starting in elementary school talking about healthy relationships um, and don't let the Women's Center name fool you. They serve all relationships, no matter what the gender is. If, if someone is claiming abuse, they are there to help. And they provide individual counseling, family counseling, um, as well as resources. resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any d- more online? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, any more online researches? Loversrespect.org is great. And actually, mm-hmm. that's where I went to get most of my research for this episode. They have articles and all mm-hmm. sorts of information about healthy dating relationships and signs to look for and things like that. So that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, I would just mention, I think it's 1-800-273-TALK. And I mentioned that one because... Um, Victims from dating violence are often at a higher risk of being suicidal mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so anyone who's struggling with those feelings, that is also a good resource, as well as, of course, your counselors, um, parents. But 1-800-273-TALK All right. is a resource. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. This was a wonderful show, chock full of great information yeah. that I know is going to be really helpful to parents. Thank you guys so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So School Days is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. So we always want you guys to know what's going on with Noggin. But first, let's talk about what's going on with Noggin Coaching. All right. So um, I don't know right before I left, I mentioned that, um, you know, we we still provide face-to-face coaching, but now we uh, do virtual coaching as well. So we can, you know, work with anyone anywhere literally in the world who has access to a computer um, and we can do 
everything such as screen sharing and, and sharing websites and solving problems, everything online. Um, and the added bonus of that is that we can also record it and then send it to our, our families and the students so they can go back and rewind um, in a way that they couldn't before as well. Um, now, as your child is considering uh, colleges and test prep, um, not going to say to serve you. Um, want to help you learn how to be a test taker. There is an art to test taking, um, and knowing content is good, but also you have to know how to get to it in a way that's going to be efficient as well. And Noggin can help with that as well. So, if you want to find out more information, uh, you can uh, email me at david at noggineducation.com or go to noggineducation.com. All right, thanks. And if you happen to be in the DFW area, now I'm starting starting to sound raspy. Oh, froggy. <laughs> the, the change in the weather is getting us. Yeah. Yesterday was cold, wasn't it yesterday? Or two days ago, it was like 30 degrees. Yeah. Now it's going to be 80 degrees. So anyway, I digress. If you happen to be in the DFW area and would like to lend us a hand with Noggin Educational Foundation, we would love for you guys to join us. We're in the process of getting a jump on organizing our activities for the summer math and reading program. And we also welcome students who need some volunteer hours before the semester is over. So drop me a line at Donita, that's D-O-N-E-D-A, at NogginFoundation.org. And whether you're in the DFW DFW area or not, there are plenty of ways to help us by donating your time. Head to be the light dot life and explore all the ways you can volunteer with Noggin Educational Foundation. And I'll be back. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong part of the card. <laughs> so next week. Well, I, I, it's, um, in, it's in bold. So anyway. Okay. Right. So, so next week on school days, <laughs> we will sit down with a high school ELAR teacher, Michelle. Agba Dewu and writer professor Laquisha Beckman to discuss helping your child develop strong writing skills. And since I'm on break next week, whew, I'll be back to get back in the chair again as well. So I'm excited to be back for a little while longer. <laughs> so don't forget to share about uh, uh, the next me? episode with you your. Judge I'm judging you just a little bit. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I can tell you something. Right, go on. Don't forget to share about next week's show with your parent friends. And as always, head to schooldaysshow.com for more information about all that we're doing and uh, all the resources that we've mentioned on School Days. And remember, you don't ever have to miss ever. a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at noggin foundation that's n-o-g-g-i-n and last but not least we always want to end the show by saying that david and i are parenting by grace we depend on god to give us the strength and the wisdom that we need to help our kids to grow into flourishing adults and if you'd like to know more about that email us at schooldaysshow.com have a great week school days is sponsored by noggin educational foundation at Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.